0: The scripture for this message comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and all peoples and all languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne, and around the elders, and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, singing, Amen, blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and honor, and thanksgiving, and power, and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white? And where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple, and the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the light of water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. And through your word for us this day, we would go, grow closer to you. Grow closer in your kingdom. Grow closer in this great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us, supports us, and helps to carry us through life that has taught us what it means to believe and has taught us what it means to be your people here in creation. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in 2018, We were uh, driving, we headed over to West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia for Christmas. It was a, a yearly pilgrimage that I had made since I was a little kid. We would go and we'd do Christmas at my grandmother's house. Now when I say we did Christmas at my grandmother's house, I mean we did Christmas on like December 30th. We would always do it later for some reason, even before I became a pastor and Christmas became one of the busiest holidays on my agenda. A yearly ritual for me, one that continued when Sarah and I got married, one that continued when Micah was born. And in 2018, it was going to be Leah's first Christmas in Charleston, West Virginia, in the mountains and beauty, celebrating with my grandmother, my aunt, my uncle, my mom, my dad, my sister, my soon-to-be-future brother-in-law, all of us in this one house celebrating together. However, not long after getting up there, I remember having to carry my grandmother to my uncle's car so that he could take her to the hospital. She wasn't feeling very well. She had come down with a case of pneumonia and she had deteriorated significantly. Not too long after we got her checked into a room, but the signs were not looking positive. You see, one of the benefits that I've often seen about having done a chaplain internship in the hospital is I know the the questions that I can ask, and I also have come to be able to little bit interpret doctors' languages as they use them. And so I spent a lot of time at the hospital during that week and a half. I spent a lot of time sitting next to my aunt, my mom, helping them to know and understand what was happening. I tried not to spend too much time there. I did try and spend time with my parents, my aunt and uncle at, their, at, at my grandmother's house with the kids. They even came with me to the hospital a couple of times, thinking that it might be the last time they would ever get to see her. You know, it was far from the Christmas that we wanted to have, but it was the Christmas that happened. Even after we left and her health continued to deteriorate, I still called and checked in until on January 7th, I received the call that she passed away. I struggled with the news in so many ways. This person who I had known at that point in time for almost 30 years was just no longer there. I could no longer call her in the middle of a random week because she did not call me. It was my job to call her. I could no longer just talk to her, listen to her voice, I can no longer just drive up to West Virginia and see her. Death is a weird thing. Because it feels like something has been taken away from us. And yet we're told over and over again to feel all right about it. Because they're in a better place. But what happens when I don't want to feel all right? What happens when I just want to be upset? What happens when I just want to grieve? I don't want to be angry at them for dying. I don't even want to feel angry at God because I don't believe that God is out here just taking people out of my life because it's their time to go, right? God doesn't cause death. God doesn't take us when it is our time, right? God merely just receives us when we pass away. it feels so different for us who are here left on earth. It feels so different because we're used to life with them. We're used to them being near us. We're used to their presence and our grief just becomes so palpable, so there in so many ways. There are still days where I could just wish I could call and check in and see how she's doing. Let her know how much Micah and Leah have grown. Let her know that Micah is the biggest bookworm that I have met in my life and her getting angry because she wants to argue that she is the biggest (laughs) bookworm that I have in my life to tell her that Leah loves to just sing as loud as she can whenever it is possible. And for her to ask, is she singing in key? (laughs) I wish she could have been there when I was ordained later in June that year. I wish she could see the pastor that I have become. I wish she could see the family that we have had. It feels like she's missing so much of what is happening. And yet, I know that she's not. If I've learned anything in almost 10 years of pastoral ministry and the three years of seminary that preceded that, the four years of undergraduate and however long I have been fighting this call to ministry, it is that faith. The amazing thing about faith is it does not have an answer for our grief. It doesn't have an answer. But it comforts us. Because faith knows what is really happening. It says, I see how you're feeling. And we are here for you. That's why I love This passage, that's why I love that this is the passage for All Saints Sunday, because in this passage, just like last week, we get another glimpse of heaven. Remember how last week we talked about that glimpse of heaven that we got from John? What heaven is going to look like, what it's going to feel like. And today we have another one. But remember, heaven is not just some far off distant thing that we're looking forward to. Heaven is right here and right now. And when we hear John record saying after I, after this, I look and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb robed in white with palm branches in their hands. What an amazing picture, mental, spiritual picture that we can take of heaven right there. See, today in our church is All Saints Sunday, and it's weird because today is not All Saints Day. No, All Saints Day is November the 1st, but uh, in the Protestant church, we don't like to have church in the middle of the week unless it's a really important day. And so we reserve these times right here on Sundays where we can gather together. And here on a Sunday, so the Sunday after November 1st, we celebrate as All Saints Sunday. And it's a day to reflect on those who have passed from this life and on to that promise of eternal salvation. And especially when we gather and we do it from year to year, we remember especially those who have passed in the last year, and and we're going to do that during our prayer time today, but it's this connection that we have to all the saints, past, present, and future, who have come and who have gone. And in doing that, we note that death feels like this lonely thing. I read a commentary this week that said that death is lonely because even in the midst of being surrounded by family, by friends, oh. we seemingly die alone. You're happy. And then in a lot of ways, we experience our grief alone. Not that there aren't people around us listening, but we are the ones I am experiencing my grief. Sometimes we welcome the comfort of others to help us process through that. And then other times we push them away. But you see, the great thing about verses, like Revelation 7, this collection of verses that we have here, is that we're reminded we're never alone. Whether in life or death or life beyond death, there is no loneliness in God. This multitude this number of people too great to count. These are all of the individuals all throughout creation gathering together, shouting for salvation, singing praises to God. What an image to connect us to our salvation here and now and the promised salvation that we will claim in the future. What a sight of worship that we have in front of us today. Because as we gather on this All Saints Sunday, as we gather together any Sunday, we gather with this great cloud of witnesses. We gather with all of these people who are a part of God's kingdom. We remember those who we are as we feel lonely in death, and we welcome in this community, this great community of life that is around us, that whole of grief being offered a bit of comfort. We feel we have lost the physical, but here, John lets us know that we can never lose the spiritual. And we are reminded in our faith that to hold on to the spiritual is the promise that the physical will always be there. Right, We may never be able to have the connection that we want here on earth with those whom we've lost. And yet God promises they are with us always. It's a time of joyous celebration as we gather, as we sing. You see, the thing about this revelation passage is it's It's not just the people whom we've lost from this earth that we can imagine in this great multitude. But it's we ourselves too. We're a part of this multitude. Heaven is already here. We have an opportunity to praise and to sing with them. They continue to gather with us for worship. They continue to sing hymns right alongside of us. They continue to be present with us through the same grace that brought us here with God and one another. We want to think ourselves alone in life and in death. But here in Revelation, we see the witness of community that has surrounded us all along. Even in our darkest times, even in our loneliest times, even when we feel alone as those who have gone before us feel, we feel abandoned by them. They are still with us, surrounding us, singing and praising to God with us. And it's the witness of community that welcomed us into the Christian faith, that has nurtured us, that has watched us grow and mature. And it is that great cloud of witnesses along with who God is to us and for us. That reminds us of this witness from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. We are not alone. We are surrounded by creation. We are surrounded by a people of God. We are surrounded by people of every walk of life. We are surrounded. There is no loneliness, even in death on this journey. We gather together, breaking down the barriers that we create as human beings. Because with God, there are no barriers. This great multitude beyond our comprehension and counting. We look and we see this overwhelming community that surrounds us. And it's through Christ. We read in verse 13 and 14, uh, one of the elders addressing me, this is addressing John saying, who are these robed in white and where have they come from? And then they said to me, this is down in verse 14, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and have been made and and made them white in the blood of the lamb, a calling towards this cleansing power of Christ, drawing the world together, drawing us together. All the pain, all the heartache, all the suffering, everything that has ever felt incomplete or imperfect about creation has been brought together. And all of creation has gathered around Christ who has brought us together fresh and perfect with one another. Looking at this holy work of Christ, we recognize and see the way it brings us all past, present, future and joining us together around a common table and calling us to live wonderfully in this community together. That's the promise of what God is offering to us. That's the promise of what God is doing for each and every one of us, right? I remember when my grandmother died, I as the the resident pastor in the family, I, I was asked to do the funeral service and It's a really tough thing to do, right? I have to admit, I I was not wanting to do it. In fact, there there still is a little bit of anger towards having to do that. But I had an opportunity to celebrate, to remember, to gather around this wonderful and amazing person who was in my life. And as I was writing the homily, I had so many problems just even trying to think of where to start. And I remember the music lessons that my grandmother gave me when, when we were kids. Now, my grandmother was a music director in, in Baptist church, so I think that probably tells you a lot about her. <clears throat> she used to tell me when I was a kid, she would always say, listen to the notes that others sing Listen to the note the piano plays. Try to match it and sing it. And try and sing it with joyous praise. Mm. You know, I never really took those lessons to heart until I got to college and finally decided I'd go into the family business of music. And it was that ability to hear and match pitch that served me well as I went to college. In fact, I can still connect those notes in my head. But as I connect those notes in my head, I hear that heavenly choir. That just cacophony of background singers. Right, I imagine her up in heaven directing the choir, even helping those who all their life have said, oh, but I'm tone deaf. There was no tone deaf for her. There's something amazing about gathering together around worship. When we think about that great surrounding body, that great cloud of witnesses that has gathered together. That as we gather together, we bring together those visions, those images of those whom we've lost, of those whom have gone before us. Each and every person who's who's listed on our memorial sheet this Sunday. Each person who we've listed on memorial sheet for the last 500 years. The people who have helped us grow in our faith. The people who have taught us those important lessons. The people who have gone before us. The people who built this church from the ground up. The people who gave us the, the opportunity to be here. To celebrate. To worship. To take our own place in that great cloud Of witnesses. I know. I know. I know in death. We feel so alone. We feel we have been left. We feel we have been abandoned. Sometimes we feel we just miss too much. And yet. This is when faith comes in. And comforts us and lets us know we are not alone. That those whom we've loved, that those whom we've lost, they are there. They are with us. Caring for us, watching over us. And as we gather and remember on this All Saints Sunday, we remember those who are so much a part of our lives here on earth. And we remember those whom we are so deeply connected to. Through our faith through that great cloud of witnesses, surrounded by our loved ones, singing and praising God. Friends, this is a feeling that we can never lose. Because even in our most lonely of times, even when everything feels lost, even when everything feels alone, they're still there. They're surrounding us. They're singing, they're praising. Salvation is there. Amen.